Hello, and welcome to Cowl Fans, the casual fans' home for all Overwatch League news. We're coming at you from the first brand new studio. I'm Allurimore. I'm Howler. And uh, let's get started. Let's just do it. Let's just do it. Let's start here. I want to put out a little announcement, all right? April 1st, so not next week's episode, two episodes away. There will not have been any Overwatch the previous week. We're going to do a special Q&A segment in place of review time. So what we want you to do is we want you to send us questions. You can send them to us on Facebook. You can direct message us. You can direct message them to us on Twitter. Or you can post them on Twitter with the hashtag CowlQ, C-O-W-L-Q. And uh, we will go looking for them, and we will answer as many of them as we get on the show on April 1st. So give us thousands. Yeah, so that way we have more for the next time we decide to do this, and we don't have to go asking for you again. Or we'll just have a super episode. <laughs> All right, so. Are you ready? Oh, are we going to talk about that? Are you that? ready? Hold on. I just got to. Uh, I'll come back when we're done with this segment. No, you have to stay here. Get back up here. Do I have to? Yep. Do I have to, really? We have to. We have to. Mayhem versus the Justice. The Ooh. Florida Mayhem is the worst team in the Overwatch League. It's the worst team in the Overwatch League. It's undeniable. <sighs> it's deniable. You can make an argument for the Valiant, but I think it's... I don't. I, I think. I think it's, it's us. I think it's us. Listen. Listen. <clears throat> Regarding my request two weeks ago, we played competitively on a control map. It was against a terrible team, and nothing about it looked good, really, but we didn't get zeroed out the whole way through. That first map was actually fighting. Yes. The last map... <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Swan. Swan. You pulled out a wrecking ball. You know what? The wrecking ball probably worked great in your scrims. It probably was an amazing initial capture on the lighthouse. It looks like a lot of fun. I bet it works really well. Once. You spent the whole map. Yeah, and as you said, like initial capture, like it kind of made sense as they tried to do the whole little route right. from the, the building into the main building where the point is. There's like that little exit that's mm -hmm. right near a little cliff, so you could just knock everybody over. It makes perfect sense. Didn't work. Yeah, and once and you, then you stayed. Right, and then last week when we had um, Zephyr tried to play a wrecking ball on first point of Numbani, he went, eh, no, we missed it. We switched right off. Yeah. Which didn't help us a ton, but we switched. We did something. Mm -hmm. And you guys just kept, like, now, I don't know if I could be mad at the players because that seems like a coached strat yeah. that they were told, do this. It's going to work. Yep. And they listened to them. And it, we're the only team, it feels like, comes back after halftime, looks worse than the beginning. Uh, we won two maps. We did win two <laughs> maps, but but I mean – the initial rollout on Volskaya was, ooh, I was like, oh, man, we're going down. Mm -hmm. You know? Like I, I, like, I don't know what they're saying in halftime to mm -hmm. get them to these places. We did win two maps, but that, like I said, that initial Volskaya, our defense was weird, didn't make, didn't hold right. 
at all in either point. Mm-hmm. And then what was that Dorado map even? Like that was tons of fun. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I had loads of fun. You know, Mayhem don't have any ultimates, don't need to use any ultimates, destroying the Justice, who are using all of their right. ultimates in that overtime push. It was fantastic. It was really fun to watch. But, like, all the rest of it. <laughs> I mean, so... And where was that the entire rest of the whole stinking game, right? Like, here we go. We go, And what we did was we took BQB off the Sombra, mm-hmm. put him on the Zarya, said, yeah, we just got to push. We just got to do as much as we can with as little as we can, right? And... That worked a treat. Okay, see, okay, so I missed those two maps because it was my grandmother's birthday. So I was out to dinner. So I mm. missed Volskaya okay. Industries and Dorado and came okay. back for the tiebreaker. Okay. So we, we did switch BQB off the Sombra and played Zarya with Zephyr on For Diva. the overtime push on Dorado. Okay, the one that went really far. The one that went really far. Not, not, n- our other pushes, we basically ran BQB on the Sombra. So, so that, that says a lot to me because I was frustrated with our Sombra goats because I feel like we're starting, to, we're starting to see some issues with our team. We have a lot of issues, but I feel like Sombra goats is kind of highlighting it. So the first thing is I was very frustrated with Swan this match in that he never seemed to get aggressive. Um, he always seemed to be playing scared. But then I started to notice anytime Swan even just tried to put a pinky toe on the objective, he would die. Mm-hmm. That can't be Swan's fault. No, that that says something about either the way we're using our health packs, our Zarya bubbles. Something's going on there that's letting Swan. So there's no support for Swan when he and gets forcing up there. him to be scared. But we're mostly playing Sombra Goats, so we're missing defense matrix. That's true. So we're we're something's wrong with the way we're playing Sombra Goats that we can't really create advantages. And then our other issue is we don't seem to be killing things. Like, we grab people, and we set up good grabs. It's not like we're throwing soon grabs off into point B of Numbani from Ilios, okay? Like, we're getting people in our grabs, and by all means, we should be getting something out of them most of the time. And And nobody dies, ever. It just doesn't feel like we have the ability to kill people. And well, and then let's not forget this though, because on our initial Hollywood defense, right? I, were you, did you see that? Yes. Okay. Our initial Hollywood defense, we go chasing down kills, and we're killing people. We get off the point, we lose right. it. So when we do kill people, mm-hmm. we stop playing to the objective. Yeah. We need to find this balance. And it takes us forever to get those <coughs> kills too. We'll send six people after one person, and it'll take us like twenty seconds to get that kill. When it would take another team, like done. Right. And then we. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You finish, and then I'll go. Keep going. So, I would like to get off the McGravy train. And I'd be very interested. Now I kind of want to go back and watch this Dorado. Because my working theory is, in the past, when we ran just straight up goats. No Sombra, just goats. Right. You would see Zephyr in the kill feed a lot. They showed a stat card to kind of show off McGravy and how good he's been at neg- negating ultimates and things like that. League last in eliminations and like 27th out of 28 in damage done. 
for divas. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You can eat all those ultimates, but you can't like, close out the close out the fight. He's not he's not providing damage, and we're a team that struggles for damage. And then we ha- apparently have this ridiculous overtime push on Dorado when we have Zephyr on Diva and BQB on Zarya. And BQB is a good Zarya. Mm-hmm. I feel like having the extra damage from Zephyr might be a bigger boon to our team than having ultimates negated from McGravy. That might save us a team fight, but Zephyr's going to help us win the team fight next one and next one and next one if he's actually providing the appropriate damage. But I don't really know if that's the case. It just sounds like that might be something you want to try. Because I remember Zephyr being good. I felt less good about him the more we've transitioned him more towards a straight-up Zarya player, because I think he, he's a D.Va player. He's been playing D.Va for the past year and a half. Right. Let the well, boy play D.Va. the only reason we play him on D.Va is because BQB is our Sombra. Yes. If we had a so- if our Sombra... McGravy has a Tracer, right? Why can't McGravy be a Sombra play? I mean, I feel like Tracer and Sombras have similar enough movement uh, abilities, sure. have to be sneaky in similar ways, mm-hmm. and just... I mean, I know they're not the same. I know they're not the same because I remember a day when Taimu could only play Sombra and couldn't play a Tracer to save his life, right? Yes. Like, and we called it, we called it Envy Goats, or not Envy Goats. We called it Envy Dive, whatever, right? Like, I remember that. That that Mm -hmm. happened. But gosh, if he grinded that out, we'd be in a much better position to keep a constant Zarya charge. Mm -hmm. Excuse me keep a constant Zarya charge going, Yep. have our D.Va be the one to switch, which means if in the middle of the map we need to switch off of that Sombra, mm-hmm. it becomes doable. Like, I get it. You know, is he going to be as good of a Sombra as BQB? Probably not. BQB is amazing yeah. at farming those ultimates. But, And I would like to point out one more thing here. Actually, a couple more things. Uh, and one thing to do with, I think, I think this is a coached strategy here. Is whenever they're running that, whenever they're running pretty much anything, it feels like. But in particular, when they're running the Sombra, it feels like the Mayhem are being told to destroy Divas first. Like the Houston Strat. That's classic. That's always what they do. And <coughs> part of me is like, is this a Sombra thing? Because the Sombra has it's really easy to farm ultimates off a of Diva. You hack them. They're a big body. You shoot a bunch of bullets into it. You, you run away, right? Like, that's a really, I get that. That makes sense to me. And all of the casters and analysts say that right. that's a good way to farm ultimate. But then, even when we're not running the Sombra, it feels like that's what we do. Sansem was consistently seemed like the first person we killed. Right. And I'm just like, you know, we have all of these stats that we've been dealing with since the beginning mm. of the stage about how Zarya being the first one to go down gives you the greatest chance of winning the team fight. And then we have, then they came out with those big boards of stats that said, Zarya's number one, number two for making you win the team fight. Take out their Zen, right? Yep. Diva is fourth on that list because I'm pretty sure it goes Zarya, Zen, Reinhardt, Diva. Yes, and then Brigitte Lucio. Then Brigitte Lucio. Okay, and that's like one of the least value. That's the bottom half of the mm. value for your kill. So I think what they're trying to do is because I kind of alluded it to before with Swan dying is that. They ha- you want to negate the extra benefit of the, 
defense matrix. Okay. Because if a diva can't like boost in and boost out and just has her little pellet gun, pellet shotgun, like she's not gonna be doing much if she's hacked. So like I get it. It kind of it kind of negates that advantage they have over to you, and the diva's basically useless. Like she's a good target to hack. But I do agree that she's the wrong target to focus. Like I say, hack her. Yeah. Then shoot someone else. Right. Because now she doesn't have a defense matrix to block you from well, doing that. Well, and even if we just said Sombra hack D.Va and shoot at D.Va, the rest of the team could easily, yeah. while that Sombra is distracting the D.Va, shoot anybody else. And then maybe we get lucky and the Sombra gets a kill onto Sam Sam, right? Maybe mm -hmm. BKB gets a lucky kill onto Sam Sam because Sam Sam doesn't turn around right. while the rest of his team is fighting somebody else. But I don't, that just doesn't make... Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, most... Feel, like I said, it feels like it's happening so consistently that I think it might be a coaching decision. Mm -hmm. And and I'm questioning a lot of the decisions. <laughs> I'm questioning a lot of the decisions. And I really wanted to... I really wanted to see what happened here in stage one, right? From the get-go, this is our this is our team. Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't get to see Mineral at his best last year. And we knew that he wasn't at his best. He had to tank, tap out. He knew, he ex he recognized that. Props for recognizing your mm -hmm. limitations, right? He tapped out. He's come back. He he's got a better coaching staff behind him. We've got like three or four coaches now doing different performance and different things that they're doing. Yeah, and with some decent pedigrees too. Right. You know, we got a great um, assistant manager. I think a lot hands. of the misfit staff is now with us too. Like we're better supported by the organization in general than right. we were like before. Everything feels right. But everything around us feels right. But whoever's making those ultimate decisions mm -hmm. for what we should be doing as a team seems to be where the missing point is. And maybe Mineral's, like, outsourcing that to somebody else. Maybe he's letting one of the other coaches make those decisions. Mm -hmm. If you're letting somebody else make those decisions right now, Mineral, if these aren't your calls, stop that. <laughs> if these are your calls, please make different decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, this is where we're bottom. we're bottom of the pack right now. We can't. This is bad. It's it's bad. And I've seen like a lot of things on like Twitter, like Mayhem fans saying like rough start, but I'm still proud of you guys for what you did in stage one. I'm not I'm proud. only proud of the Philly Fusion match. End of list. Right. And the charge match was okay. Like we That's had true. we had the week two and the start of week three, we looked all right. And then all of a sudden everything fell apart. And now if you look at us, we are not we are in nineteenth now. On the overall standings. We are behind the Justice. We are behind the Washington Justice. We are one in six. Like, and, and people have been talking a lot about how much the 0 and 7 is going to hurt the Valiant. How much is this 1 and 6 going to hurt us? Like, I already feel like it's just season two's over. It's focused on season three because we're not we're not gonna make play-ins like this. Like we're too far behind. We have to we have to have a strong stage where we're like a top eight team. And I don't think that was ever gonna be realistic. Mayhem needed to be at least lower mid. So we had like maybe we could do like kind of upper mid one stage and squeak into the play-ins. That like that was our scenario. And now yeah. it feels like that's kind of just slipped out and we're just something is amiss and it's gonna hurt us. And we're gonna have to see what happens going forward. Yeah. Because and like this whole thing, Coach Moon is gone from yes. the Valiant. For anybody who didn't know, that happened last week after we did our podcast. Yes. Um the th big thing they're talking about with that is who are they gonna replace him with? There's really not a ton of great head coaches out there for Overwatch right now. 
at least it's it's not because Overwatch is so young, right? It's hard to know who's good and who's not. And especially like with the coaching role specifically, there's so it's so subjective and like you can't really pick out, okay, what's the players, what's the coach, right? Right. It's so hard to know that unless you're part of an organization. Right. But and and we I understand that. So we'll we'll see what happens going forward, but Yeah. We got to do something different, guys. We're doing the same thing, and it's, mm-hmm. you know, smack your head against the wall all you want, but you're just going to bleed more. Yeah. All right, let's move on. My match of the week this week, Atlanta versus Houston. I okay. I thought it was lots of fun. Um, hmm. First off, you know, I'm second. My, my main team is going to be the mayhem. Right. My secondary team is the fuel. Yes. My next team on my list, right? So if, if Houston had eked this out 3-2, that would have put the fuel in. I was rooting for that just because I wanted some more Overwatch. Right, 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 right. right. <laughs> that would have given the fuel a shot at this, and I really wanted to see that. But honestly, this can, this kept being my match of the week because Atlanta is pulling out fun defenses. Mm-hmm. And we are seeing more people do more experimenting, even in this GOATS meta, and it's working, mm-hmm. right? Um, I remember that uh, s- several weeks ago I talked about AKM and their and the Fuel's Bastion Strat on Route 66. Right. Here we have Atlanta and their Bastion Strat on right. Horizon. Like, uh, we've g- we're seeing these strategies mm-hmm. where they're doing this is a Bastion Strat, you know. Um, we've been seeing Arissa Junkrat defense strats. Yes. We're seeing these really creative strategies, and mm-hmm. we're seeing people win and lose against them, right? They yep. talked about how the Hunters pulled out a Genji the last time we saw this strat. And, oh, guess what? If you deflect Bastion Bullets back at them, it hurts a mm. lot. Eat some Bastion Bullets. You'll know what I mean, right? <laughs> so this is really cool to see for me yeah, because that tells me that this is actually probably a much more healthy meta than we all realized. And it's kind of sad that it's probably going to go away stage two. Right. Because there's a lot more that I think can be fleshed out in here that we had not getting the time to do. And I'm hoping Goats doesn't fully leave. I mean, you saw the like the Route 66 defense Bastion. Like you've seen this Horizon Bastion strat quite a bit as well. Mayhem played against it last week. If you remember, apply on the Genji as well. Yes. So like this is a strat a lot of teams have been using. And there are certain points. It seems especially the the assault maps. Like after you mentioned the Junkrat Widow is really good on uh, Temple of Anubis Point A. Um, there's a lot of these strats that are good. Just the problem is if you could break through with goats, you have an advantage. Like there's an in, there's there's so much like let's say you run goats on point A, you manage to break this Bastion strat with it. Right. Now the entire team has to switch off Arissa, Bastion, Mercy, all these other heroes that they were running and you're with on this a comp. Huge ultimate advantage. And yeah, you're at a huge ultimate and you just snowball point B and take it. So like it's it's high risk, high reward, mm-hmm. which scares a lot of teams when every match, every map matters. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really cool. Yeah. I'm excited to see uh, well, I'm I'm excited to see it in the playoffs, right? These playoffs, right. I think, I'm hoping. Let me say this. I'm hoping because I know there is money on the line for these teams. Mm-hmm. So I know they're going to play to the best of their abilities because they want that and they want the prestige. Let's be honest. Who doesn't want some prestige? Right. But I'm hoping that because none of these should count towards their overall standing, mm-hmm. I'm hoping that we see more teams get a little more creative. 
Yeah, I think this is the time to start pulling out like some unique strats to catch teams off guard. This is the best time to do it. If if it doesn't work out, it's not as big of a deal that you didn't do it. But especially if you're a team like you feel like you're the underdog, you're going up against the NYXL or the Vancouver Titans. Time to try something new. Because yeah. you are probably going to lose if you just do the GOATS mirror anyway. You don't have to worry about the map score. Just, just, just go it. for it. See if you could throw them off off their game a little bit. Yeah, but and I want to go back to that Bastion strat because there's a few things that I I liked. So I was expecting this strat coming into this game. I looked at the map pool, and I was like, okay, I, Ilios, probably in Atlantis favor because of the Torbjorn strat. I forgot that Muma is the master of just pulling people into the well. That felt good after feeling that as a Mayhem fan and getting pulled into the well over and over. And I was like, oh my gosh, how is this it. happening? To see it happen them. to another team, felt good. Yeah, felt good. It did. Um. So, but I, I figured, like, that map, probably very Atlanta favorite, and then I figured this map as well, because I'm like, you know this team is going to run the Bastion trap. You know it. And you know what Houston cannot do? Dive. They can't. They cannot dive, especially, and I don't understand why Houston going into this, if I knew Atlanta was going to run the Bastion strat, how did you not know? I know you really value Jake and his shot calling, but for this one map, you should have taken him out and put in Lynxer, because I'm sure Lynxer is a fine brig, maybe not as much shot calling potential, but you know the boy could at least play Genji. Or maybe even try out Arhan. You got this guy. Arhan is a Gengu. Where is he? What's going on? Where is he? We don't even see him in, like, videos. Like, where <laughs> is Arhan? Do we not? I is haven't watched even any in the of States? The, I haven't watched any of the YouTube Has videos. anybody seen Arhan? Oh, man. Where's Arhan? I don't know. What's happened? I, I don't know. Somebody don't know. needs to check Optics Dungeon and <laughs> and see if he's, like, down there with, with his CEO or something. Like, where where is this boy? <laughs> where is Arhan? But either way, like, you have two Genji players on your team. Yep. You know there's probably going to be a Bastion. Yep. You run Jake. Jake's somber isn't good. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jake has a very good Junkrat. Jake has a very good Farah. That's all you got. That's all you got with Jake. So if you know you're going to need to run dive into a Bastion, why are you doing this? You want to have Dante on Genji or Sombra, or excuse me, Tracer or Sombra. E heck, even him can play He can play Genji. But you don't have anyone else to pair with him because we know Jake can't play Tracer. We know it. Mm. Yeah, I, um, I just like this map for the fun strats. It was fun. And then uh, you saw Houston pull the Chengdu Torbjorn, the exact Chengdu strat that they used to beat Atlanta the day before. They had the Torbjorn turrets in the same spot, the Widowmaker and the Farah. Turns out, Jake's not as good as Jinmu. Who knew? Who else? Who I don't even remember who was playing the Widowmaker on this map or if they had a Widowmaker. Um, but pro probably not as good as Bacon Jack. And apparently they're Torb, not as good as Elsa. So um, they're not the Chengdu Hunters. Who would have thought? Weird. Who would have thought? If you're not the Chengdu Hunters, said this in the very beginning, don't try to be the Chengdu Hunters if you're not the Chengdu Hunters. Although shout out for the Chengdu Hunters for being the Florida Mayhem and pulling out that May on Rialto. Oof. I was like, we're inspiring people. We did something. <laughs> we had a contribution to this league. That's true. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. And where's Tavik anyways? Anyways, nope, nope, I'm not going back. Not yeah, going back. Uh, wrong map pool is all back. I'll say. Wrong map pool for him, it okay. seems. All right, and your match of the week? My match of the week was Boston versus Fuel. So I think this, this was a cool match. So 
It started off with just kind of fuel bullying Boston with their somber strats. And you're just like, oh, man, this Sombra strat seems to be pretty good against the GOATS team. Who would have thought? And then and then all of a sudden you get to, I think it was, it was definitely Volskaya because, you know, Boston. Right after halftime. Boston's signature map, right? Boston goes back, gets mm-hmm. a little coaching reminder. Hey, this is how the game works. And then AIM got it just like download complete and just destroys RCK the rest of the map. You're like, oh, and RCK is killed by Aim Garden. Oh, RCK is trying to get some ult charge and headshot by by Aim Garden. I don't know if that was a coaching thing or he just figured it out or they're just like, all right, everyone else just focus on the main tanks. Anytime you hear the Sombra, Aim God, just start shooting at him. Don't worry about anybody else. Just shoot at him. And they like, they shut him down hard. And this match was fun for me too because like, I just... It's I enjoy some fusions. I, I do. I enjoy some fusions. Like to watch him and he just he just he's bullies people, man. He's just out there having a good time. He's just It's hard not to like him. And then the council yeah. is talking about how from the casting nest they can hear fusion shot calling through <laughs> that, the stadium. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like this this boy is there to have a good time. Mm-hmm. He la- and you see that boy when when his face cam comes on. I mean, it helps. He is like he's got a big mouth on that boy. But you see him going and he's yelling. He's like <laughs> into the mic and you're just like, all right, all right, fusions. He is like he's like Jake on steroids. That's true. Except maybe less less fit than Jake, but still, he's mm. very he's a loud boy. And he seems to be doing wonders for this team. Like, his shot calling seems to be great. We saw it in the World Cup. It doesn't seem to have dropped off at all. Like, the boy is doing things on Reinhardt. It seems like nobody else but maybe Bumper mm. is being able to achieve. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. yeah. He, he does the weird shatters that Bumper does, like Bumper yes. does. And and he does it. I think, I think stylistically they're a little different from one another. They do. But I think both of them are just cocky Reinhardts. And it's crazy because Fusion seems to feed less. Like, sometimes Bumper, you're just like, what are you doing? Bumper's like, – I, I can't believe that Bumper <laughs> doesn't know he's feeding. Like, I feel like Bumper goes in there and goes, this probably isn't going to work, but it doesn't matter. He knows. He knows. He knows. He just does this crazy stuff because it shows the, the team off balance and the rest of his team is so good. They just they just go in and capitalize on the – what? What's he doing? Yeah. What's going on over here? So it's no. 180 Earth Shatter bumper. on point A of Horizon. For no reason. But just because you're bumper. Yeah. Why not? It's and, uh, and But it's infecting the league, too. Remember last year we had Jonak Syndrome? So that was when every mm. Zenyatta wanted to be like Jonak. And it's like, why aren't you pocketing me like Jonak? If I got the resources Jonak got, I could be the next Jonak. Turns out that's not true, that's by the way, true. guys. Yeah, it, it uh, turns out that didn't work. Jonak is Jonak. I yes. feel like there's a. I feel like Twilight. Twilight could shoe. Twilight could pull it off. Shoe could pull it off. There are days that I feel like Aim God could pull it off, but not everything. Yeah, maybe Bedosin too. He he was he always competed and never had the same resources, so he could have done it. But yeah. most people, most of them can't. Could and and these guys who we think could really aren't trying to. They're trying to be a different kind of Zenyatta player. Right. And it's working for their teams. Mm-hmm. So so that's a good call. But good to my call. point, in uh, Season 2, now we've got Bumper Syndrome. And we, we saw it in our match versus the Mayhem. And how many... I, I think it happened It happened definitely on... Um, not Horizon, Hollywood. It happened on Hollywood. I think I caught a little bit of it on maybe Dorado as well. Um, but there was a point where you saw Swan a few times in the match, 
wait in a little corner with Earth Shatter for the team to go back behind him so he can so he can shatter them as they walked by. It never worked. And you're seeing a lot of teams try this and it never worked. Listen guys. The only person it works for is Bumper. And for whatever Don't be Bumper. Listen. You can't. Listen. Listen. Hold on a second. Because the only person it's working for is Bumper. Yeah. Which means which means that the only people that teams aren't checking their corners for mm-hmm. is the team that you want to be checking <laughs> your corners for the most. Well, I think you're, like, so scared of this team, right? And you're thinking about, like, all these other variables. Like, all right, we've got to do this. And then Cooper Titans, they're really focusing us down too hard. And they keep flanking us with Hawksaw. We need to focus Hawksaw. And you're, like, thinking about no, this. And all of a you sudden, you check your corner. There's a bumper conveniently located separate from his team for you to kill right. and get the 5v6. But even if you notice him, Vancouver Titans are just going to fall on you and somehow kill you anyway. I mean, listen, we haven't actually had anybody notice him yet, though. Yeah. So notice him, senpai. <laughs> okay? Like, see him. You will do much better. You will do better. Yeah. All right. Anyway, Boston versus uh, Feel. It also goes to map five. Reverse sweep. Fun map. Fun. I like reverse sweeps. Reverse sweeps are fun. Freaking. We Even when you're rooting for the Dallas Fuel. Captain Planet jinxed our reverse sweep, and I'm mad about it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, he put up a stat on the board called, does this count as jinxing it? And said Florida Mayhem will be the fourth team if they can succeed at reverse sweeping. The mm. fourth. And I was like, hmm, you jinxed it. <laughs> Dang it. We hold you personally responsible. Ben Troutman, what have you done? Anyways, anyways, sorry. In case you can't tell, I got real emotional and fired up about that game. So, uh, I'm trying to stay on topic as hard. <laughs> All right. I want to talk about the standings, and I really don't want to talk about the standings as a whole, right? This is not, today is not the day to do that. Mm-hmm. Today is the day to talk about the fact of our playoff teams. So, Howler has brought his bag of teams. I have. It's way over there, though. Oh, go, go get it. Okay. Excuse me. Howler, Howler is going to get his bag of teams. Okay, come sit down, <laughs> this weirdo. We have high production values here at the Cowell Fans Podcast. Anyways, okay, so we're going to talk about, these are the eight teams who have qualified for playoffs. Here they are. Here's the other side of them. All right, we've got the Titans. We've got the Dynasty. Not necessarily in this order. We've got, I can't yeah. see that. We've got the Shock. We've got the Toronto Defiant. We've got the Philadelphia Fusion, the Atlanta Rain, the Boston Uprising, and Nixle. Please, never, <laughs> never again. No, okay. And NYXL. Players, stop saying Nixle. Stop. Stop it. Stop. You guys only say it. It's awful. It's the worst. NYXL. Not Nixle. Stop it. Stop it. That was fun. Thank you for joining me at my TED Talk. <laughs> all right. Now, our plan was to come in here and make a little bracket and put all yeah. these teams on the bracket and show you guys it matches. We're That's why I didn't even have the teams. They were all the way across the room because I was like, well, there was going to be a bracket. They were going to be on a board and be able to see who the teams are going up against. And then we can move them. But guess fun. what? We don't have a bracket. A bracket. Where's Thanks, the bracket? Overwatch League. Where's the bracket? We have no idea. Okay. So here's what happened. There are two different positions, third place and fifth place? Sixth. Sixth. Third and sixth. Third and sixth, yeah. Okay, third and sixth came out to be draws 
in the standings for the stage playoffs. So what this means is that those have to be decided which seed they're going to be so they can mm. lay out the rest of the teams. So far, the only game we know for sure is the Titans versus the Uprising, which favors the Titans and is going to be a pretty fun game. Mm-hmm. But that's all we got. That's all we got. Um, yeah. We don't know who's going to play in New York. We don't know. We don't know anything. Yeah, because so if you go based anything. off the schedule right now, they it is set up in sort of a way where it's like the ties are – even though it's still showing like Philadelphia Fusion and Defiant are the um, are both in third, they have them ordered in such a way that Fusion somehow has one more map win compared to Defiant, even though they have the same map differential. So I'm not sure if they're just gonna like do the current standings and then we'll just go through like the order they're listed. Can we have now. extra map wins but, but the same map differential because of map fives and stuff? It's just confusing that if you know that's what you're gonna do, why didn't you show the bracket? And all of yesterday and the start of today, they were showing the playoff bracket. They were like showing, okay, here's New York Excelsior in the first seed, this is the team they would go up against, and it just said TBD, and then it showed Vancouver when they would be playing, and then it showed Toronto in the third seed when they would be playing, and then everywhere else was TBDs. The second, San Francisco Shock and Seoul Dynasty qualified with a tied map record. Never saw it again. Yeah. Playoff bracket disappeared, didn't get mentioned, and it's just, guys, what are we doing? Yeah, so um, we want to show you tournament bracket. We wanted to talk about games to look forward to, but Honestly, the only game we can say that we're looking forward to is this game that we know is happening. And honestly, so I plotted out the games, like, let's say, standing stay as they are. It would be, if nothing changes in the order they're showing them on the Overwatch League website, is how they do this bracket. It would be New York Excelsior versus the Soul Dynasty, Fusion versus the Shock, and Defiant versus the Rain. I don't want to talk about these matches too much because, again, we don't know we if don't they're know actually going to happen. But out of those matches, if I had to choose the one I was most exciting for, it would be this one because we've seen with the aggressive Reinhardt, and he's not – he has done pretty good recently, but probably not the best Reinhardt is Amung. But the aggressive Reinhardt style was a good matchup against the Vancouver Titans. They actually struggled with kind of dealing with it because he kind of played the same idiotic way Bumper does. You know who has a fun, aggressive Reinhardt? Hmm. Is it the Boston Uprising? It's the Boston Uprising Fusion. I think this is going to be like a really cool matchup. Um, I think Bumper versus Fusions is going to be a joy. I think Aim God versus Twilight is going to be a joy. I think Titans have the edge because of Summon Sue versus Color Hex, and Color Hex is getting better but definitely lower half of Zarya's in the league. Fair. So, and Vancouver can throw out more interesting compositions that mm-hmm. Uprising cannot. So if yes. Vancouver wants to do something crazy, they can. And yes. Uprising would be probably very confused. Yes. So w- I'm, I'm interested to see that match in particular. Mm-hmm. Everybody's hoping to see in the finals of Stage 1, show it to them. Show Everyone. Everybody wants the Atlanta Rain because we love the Fran. Atlanta Rain. The Fran. Everybody wants to see in the finals of stage one, New York versus Vancouver. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Howler's impressions of Atlanta fans. And they're not even Atlanta fans. They're DeFran the fans. Like... Could anybody who was an Atlanta fan going to the start of the league name anyone on that team? Except Dog for man. 
but could they have named Dogman before he started yelling Cruises a feeder? I was a Dogman fan coming into this, but did people know? They just need to But we're excited anyway, to see this game. This game. These two opposing styles, right? Right. They're very different. We have hyper-aggressive, and we have very calculated and slow. Yeah, defensive, really. Very defensive. Except for the shock game, you never really saw New York take fights. They would just let you fall into them, and, and they would see, okay, you're out of position in your formation. And it's and we're just super interesting because right now, the Titans have looked best when they've played against defensive teams, mm-hmm. and they've looked their worst when they've played against offensive teams. Mm-hmm. Them being an offensive team, I, I'm interested. I'm excited about yeah. this potential matchup. Now we don't know if this is going to happen. This no. is something we want to happen. There's there's a lot of room for upsets, right? There's there's a lot of places. Right. Maybe the Defiant they keep rising. Shock get their crap together. You don't you don't know. There's, there's, there's no a lot telling. of chances, but you this is this is the expectation, and this is what everybody hopes to see. Right. But that's that's all we can say about it, really. Yeah. There's no we don't know. Um, we can talk there's about when it's gonna be because I don't think. I, I've talked to a few people who I know watch often, and they don't really. They're like, "When is when are the playoffs?" So this what? is next week. Yes. It or, well this week. Well this this upcoming week. Yes. yes. All right. It's this upcoming week. Now this is a full Thursday through Sunday schedule, is it not? Yes. So Thursday should be the four, the four initial quarterfinal games, right? No, no. that's not quarterfinal. Okay. Let me talk about this. Okay, you're so going to send this to me. <laughs> so the schedules are going to be so quarterfinals are going to be Thursday and Friday, oh. and there's going to be two matches a day. They're, the quarterfinals are going to be best of five matches. The first match will start at nine o'clock, and the second match will start at. 11 if i'm not mistaken eastern time eastern time eastern time we're eastern time boys um well that's for our potential west coast right i think i think i'm right on that because yes they're two hour matches instead of the normal hour and a half right because they are best of fives yeah this is not this is not a best of four this is not a a play all four maps with a tiebreaker right you get this if you win 3-0 you you win you don't play the fourth And that's why the these things aren't counting towards the regular season standings as well. Mm-hmm. There's no map differential to deal with here. Right. Win or lose, and then advance. It's a tournament bracket. Mm-hmm. Single elimination tournament bracket, yes? Yes. Yes. So you'll have two matches on Thursday, 9 o'clock and 11 o'clock, Eastern time. Friday, the other two matches, the other side of the bracket, not uh, 9 o'clock, 11 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And then Saturday... Games will start at three o'clock. These will be the semi. Both semifinal matches will happen on Saturday at three o'clock and six o'clock. There's three hours allotted for each game because these games are going to be best of sevens. Mm. So that's first Overwatch four. League first. First team to win four maps, which is cool. Less value on control. Is I there l- less value on control? Yes, because control kind of isn't that tiebreaker anymore mm. because you you still you have there to, are three you can't just win two control twice. maps and win you right. have to win other map types that's true twice okay so i like it i'm a big fan of best of sevens and then um i think the semifinals are going to be on abc no, i the know finals are going to be on only ABC. the finals that's the only thing they've announced. I, I think one, I think the earlier semifinal matches on ABC, but I know definitely for the finals, Sunday, 3 p.m. Eastern time, ABC. Yeah, that's pretty good. 
That's exciting. And uh, I don't know how much time we're at. We've got, we've got, we got about five minutes. Okay. So I think we'll go with yeah. it. We got about five minutes. So this is a fine time to talk about this here, mm-hmm. and that is league health. Right? Sure. We've got a couple minutes. We'll use this before we before we close out. We don't have any Florida matches to look forward to next week, so I can skip that section. Anyways. <laughs> the league is broadcasting on major broadcast stations. Yeah. They're getting on things like Disney XD. I watched and ESPN. it on the, uh, Disney XD yesterday. There are games scheduled to be on a better ESPN channel this next week for the for the for the uh playoffs. Mm-hmm. I don't know which channel that is because I I'm don't watch ESPN. Yeah, I'm not sure if it's on ESPN or it's just on the app. It this, there's one that's labeled separate from the apps. Really? That, so there's going to be one mm. making it onto a better ESPN channel. Cool. We're getting these things broadcast onto ABC. Our Twitch numbers are actually looking overall, on average, better than last year's Twitch yeah. numbers. The league is getting healthy amounts of viewership, it appears, mm-hmm. um, showing showing definite signs of growth. Yeah. And is adding on platforms that add major amounts of audience that we don't even know about right now. Mm-hmm. And I, on top of that, they're aiming to go to – they're not aiming. They've said they're going to localize next year. Yes. Hype. Hype. That came out this week. Mm-hmm. I'm so hype. But listen, while the league looks healthy right now, the next step, the next step of league advancement and health of the league is on our teams. Okay, mm-hmm. because each team is going to have to identify where they're playing and deal with all of the logistics of that location and venue. Mm-hmm. All right. So I think the league's in a really good spot to be successful going forward. But I need everybody to realize that the next step, this is on teams and their management. All right. It's going to be yeah. really exciting. And this is going to be the make or break point for the league. Right. Mm-hmm. They're either going to succeed and the league is going to establish itself as a forever league right then. Right. Like that's it. Or they're gonna tank, you know. And they they don't even have to they don't have to do exorbitantly well. They have yeah. to do well enough to hold on to people. Mm-hmm. And they don't even need to show growth. They need to show maintenance while they do this transition, and they will be successful. If they show decline while they tra- do this transition, that will be the downfall of the league. And so we're fixing to go into the next season is going to be the time when. We get to see if this is going to be the forever league that we all hope it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And I, for one, am rooting for all of our teams and cheering oh, definitely. for them and want them to be successful. Right. And there are some, like, there's some odd concerns, like, that I have, like, especially, like, the Houston Outlaws are up for sale. Yeah. If they're not bought by next year, what does that mean for the Houston Outlaws? Well, the Outlaws as an organization They're not going to spend money. The Outlaws as an organization will continue to do what they're required to do by the league. They they have contractual obligations. I guess so. Um, but the organization funding them is going to be the one who's going to do it bare minimum, mm-hmm. right? So it wouldn't surprise me if the outlaws, let's say, didn't get bought if they did something like rent out a convention center floor space, mm-hmm. right? But you could do that, and you could set up a stage in there, and you could still be successful. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm not that particular aspect of it. I think is really only going to impact the performance of the team. And not so much the ability of the team to do what needs to be done as mm-hmm. a team. That's what I think. Yeah. Personal personal thoughts. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know all the ins and outs of this, so I could be very wrong. But that's right. what I think. 
Yeah, I, it should it should be a really interesting time to just kind of see this transition because this was always the dream. This was the bold part of the Overwatch League. There are a lot of bold things about the Overwatch League, but this was the this bold was thing. the thing that was going to set them apart from every other esport that came before this home and away game. And not only did he say we're going to get um, home and away games. Um, you were you had a lot of people kind of theorizing when they were talking about how home and away is going to work. You're thinking, okay, maybe it's going to work like these um, away weekends that are coming up. Nope. Um, They're going to play year. half of their games at yes. home and half of their games away. That's what's been dis- that's what's been so discussed. That's even more interesting because that's a lot of extra travel. Well, I think they're going to do. Well. I think they're going to maintain that, pr- manage that pretty well. They're talking about right. setting it up so that you know you'll have a couple of weeks out on the road and then a couple of weeks at home. So it's not really like back and forth, back and forth. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think they're going to be able to maintain that pretty well and with their scheduling and they can already be working on the schedule right now. In fact, it's possible for them to They have to be. You know they are. Especially since they're not doing expansion teams. Right. You don't have to worry about that. So it's possible for them to have the schedule done, say, by the end of the month if they wanted to. Yeah. This is when you're going to play these teams. This is how mm-hmm. the traveling is going to make And they sense. need to do that, right? Because right. you're going to be renting out these venues, And so probably. you have to be able to rent them out well in advance and guarantee right. that you're going to have the space. I think I, I, scheduling is not going to be the issue that everybody – that not that everybody. Scheduling is not going to be the issue that Reddit thinks it is. Yes. I, I'm interested to see how it's going to happen because I do think it is going to be interesting to see how they divide their broadcast Oh, yeah, it's going to be lots of I'm fun. I'm expecting it to be, like, split in two. I want to see – I because I know – the league is still going to be in charge of broadcasting rights. Yes. But somebody's going to have to staff those stadiums with casters and broadcast talent. Well, I think you're just going to have the casters travel with the teams. Like, I think you'll probably have, like, they'll probably stay in, like, certain areas. You'll kind of have half of them go to the Atlantic Division and half of them go to the Pacific. And maybe they'll switch at different points in the year. I'm not, I'm not but sure. But I think they'll travel. Either way, I think, either way, I think they're going to need to probably double their broadcast talent pool. Yeah, I, I don't I don't expect it. Um I don't expect it. Hmm. I, I think I think they'll be able to survive with what they got, especially since we I have like the, the only casters. way they'll be doing that will be the only way they'll be surviving with their current amount of casters is if the only people who travel are the interviewers, the floor interviewers, and the rest yes. of them stay at remote locations to do broadcast from. I like really hope we don't do remote. I really hope I, don't do that. I, don't I can't do that imagine either. Monte Cristo being happy with being remote. He was very vocal on Twitter about um, when Riot did that right. in Worlds. I mean, he's always bashing Riot, right? So take it with a grain of salt. But he's he was very unhappy with that idea, and he seems he's been pretty involved since the Overwatch League since its beginning. Like right. him and Doa had a lot of say in the early stages of how this was gonna work. Right, so I'm I'm just I'm just saying I think they're gonna have to add significant amounts of talent mm. to this team if they're gonna have them because you could you know nobody plays more than two games a week. There's no reason not to run Overwatch League just two days a week. Okay then, well, thank you for joining us today on this week's episode of Cowl Fans Podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, big shout out to the Popped Off guys. They have been working tirelessly with us uh, yes. all week on our graphics. Uh, please make sure to, you know, go give them a check out. Their Project Esports podcast is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, make sure to follow us on our social media. We're on Twitter and Facebook. Howler mostly manages the Twitter. I mostly mm-hmm. manage the Facebook. Yes. Both of them are at Cowl Fans, C-O-W-L Fans. And, uh, you know, if you like this, give us a like. Give us some upvotes. Yeah. Share us with your friends. We want to we wanna bring wonderful 
Overwatch League news to the masses. Yes. Yes. All right? Love so, us. <laughs> love us. Peace. All right. So thank you for joining us. I'm Alurimore. I'm Haller. And we will see you next week.